0: Minister to this, your people, I pray, by the mercies of God. Let utterance be clear today in Jesus' name. We praise you and we worship you. They're precious to you. And so, Lord, open our eyes, open our ears in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. The Lord impressed me to share two lessons from the Jordan River crossing. There are two simple lessons. You don't need to be a Bible theologian to figure this out the things of God are profoundly deep and yet profoundly simple I thank God for those that go to Bible school and study and uh, and that's great but most of us hold down jobs is that right and you carry out your life and you spend your time with the Lord is that right and uh, if I were to ask how many PhDs in the Word do we have out there, I'd venture to say we might have a few. Oh, there's a PhD in the Word right there. Just kidding. Don't anybody get nervous? Peter did not have a PhD. And yet they noticed that he had been with Christ. What was it about Peter that when he opened his mouth, all these doctors of the law... They were astounded. They were impressed with him because they took note that he had been with Jesus. We're talking about the presence of God. Can we get into it today? Today's lesson is entitled, Two Lessons from the Jordan River Crossing. The account of Israel crossing Jordan provides a vivid example of the reality and the advantage of God's presence on a people who have sanctified themselves. Allow me to read. I'm beginning with Joshua chapter 3 and verse 1 through 3 in the New King James Version. Then I'm going to switch to the Amplified Version. Everybody with us today. Then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was, after three days, that when the officers went through the camp, they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark, that's important, say, when you see the ark, of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you will set out from your place and go after it. This is really simple. When you see the ark, which back then was representative of where the presence of God was carried by the Israelites. When you see the presence of God move, God is on the move. <laughs> then get up from your place, wherever it is that you are, emotionally, spiritually, financially, geographically get up and follow the presence get up from what you know get up from what you thought could be or should be or might be and get after the presence follow everybody say follow the presence Get out from your place and go after it. Now let's switch over to the Amplified Version. Yet a space must, must be kept between you and it, speaking of the ark, Joshua chapter 3, verse 4 and 5 in the Amplified Version. About 2,000 cubits by measure come not near to it, that you, this is why he told them, don't get too close to it, because you're talking about millions of people. And he wants to make sure Look what it says clearly in the Amplified Version. That you may be able to see the ark. Did you catch that? You know, if you think about millions of people in a location, and everybody getting so around you, there's no distinction of where the ark is. Nobody can see it. But if you maintain a distance, people as the sand of the seashore, but if there's a certain distance, I don't know how many 2,000 cubits is, but... How much? 3,000 feet. Just keep 3,000 feet. Looks like they needed that much space so this whole group of people can see the presence of God clearly. Do you get that? It wasn't that he didn't want them to get too close. He just wants everybody to get in on it. Somebody say everybody. everybody. We're keeping this real simple today, folks. God doesn't just want the prayer warriors to get in on it. He doesn't just want the pastor. He just doesn't want the church leader. He wants you to get in on this. He wants everybody at Heart of the Bay to get in on it. Hallelujah. Now notice this. Maintain that distance that you may be able to see the ark, and notice what he says next, and know the way you must go, for you have not passed this way before. There's something about human nature. We like it. We feel comfortable when we've done something previously. We feel like, I like a, a, a path that I've already traveled it. That I've already gone. I know I have a friend here at the church that uh, I w- was just telling me uh, just recently that whenever they have to go to a place, let's say a, a, new, a new job or something, they like to go the day before or prior to the day of to just travel there and get familiar with the setting, just sit there and pray a little while, but also to get familiar with how to get there. That's called preparation. I salute that friend. <laughs> I'm the person that's directionally challenged. I'm trying not to make that confession, but I don't care how many times I go to that place. I still manage to get lost, but I want you to know something. There is a sense of comfort when you do something that you've done before. Is that right? Especially when you know that it worked for you, right? But did you know that as human beings, we have the lack of intelligence that sometimes we do the same thing again anyway, even if it didn't work just because we feel safe because something happened again. So we hang on to a bad boyfriend. I'm just saying. Hello? I'm not saying Pastor Tom has a boyfriend. Trust me, I'm 100% guy and I've got my wife. I'm talking about girls hanging on to the wrong kind of guy or the girls hanging on to the wrong, the, the, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hanging on to the wrong kind of girl. But you know, it's really interesting that as human beings, we like things to stay the same, we don't want anything to change. But the fact of the matter is, my friends, God is on the move. This is not church as usual. And the Spirit of God is challenging us today. He's challenging you. Get ready. Get ready to move. Get ready to do something different. You're going to some new places. You're going to some new places ministerially. You're going to some new places in your marriage, in your relationship. You're going in some new places in your ministry. The anointing of God upon you is about to get stronger because you're going into a new and a higher place. So don't get comfortable with what happened before. We like to celebrate those things. Follow the ark. Follow the presence, because you haven't been this way before. God is accelerating things, friends. Hallelujah. Is this too deep for somebody, or is this too simple? let to see how God is. He's so profoundly deep, and yet so profoundly simple. Now notice what he said. And Joshua said to the people in verse 5, this would be the the first lesson was follow the ark. And the second lesson that we'll endeavor to cover today is sanctify yourselves. That is, separate yourself for a special holy purpose. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. We live in a culture that has an almost impossible time giving honor to anything, honoring an office. People speak poorly of the presidential office. They speak poorly of, of uh, fathers and mothers. They speak poorly of authority. We speak poorly of one another. There's such a lack of reverence and respect and honor. Ooh, it got really quiet. Children have forgotten how to honor their elders. People have forgotten how to honor God, honor the church. Where's the reverence for God? But part of this, see, is that we live in a society where things are commonly profane. And they treat the things of God right on the same slab. Or on the same level. But I have a word for you today. There is a difference. Between what is holy. And what is profane. And today I declare boldly. That there is a difference. Between a man and a woman. A boy or a girl. That will honor God. And one that will not honor God. One that takes the time to invest. In the kingdom of God. And set their priorities toward God. And invest in Him. And seek first the kingdom of God. And cut things off if it messes with their anointing. And they protect their spirit. Versus someone that's casual. There's a difference, friends. Hallelujah. Now the rest of the account is really cool and I feel like reading it now because once I get in the message I have a feeling that I won't be able to get back here so let me rush through this because that's just how it is that's what happens with this Puerto Rican Joshua chapter 3 we're still in the amplified version verse 6 because I'm excited today I'm excited about God talking to you he's going to bring it home Joshua said to the priest take up the ark of the covenant and Passover before the people and they took it up and went on before the people let's skip down to verse 15 and when those who bore the ark had come to the Jordan and just think of this friends and the feet of the priest bearing the ark or really carrying the presence with just their feet are you ready were in the brink of the water just starting to put their foot where the water was, what happened, friends? For the Jordan overflows its banks throughout all the time of harvest. Then, what happened in verse 16? The waters which came down from far above stood and rose up in a heap afar off at Adam, the city beside Zerothen. I don't know what all that is, but friends, just understand this is amazing, this is impossible, this is God, God is on the move. And those flowing down toward the sea, and Arabah I should have taken time to try to pronounce these, and the Dead Sea were wholly cut off, and the people passed over opposite to jericho and while all Israel passed over, not some of them, not just Joshua, because he had been meditating on the word day and night, that remember Joshua one eight. You remember, God gave him the charge, be thou strong and courageous. I wonder how many other people, I wonder if millions of people were all meditating on the word. I wonder how many of all of them were up to speed with where Joshua was. I challenge you today. They weren't where he was. He had a place of of authority over them and they were just following him. Now, I'm, I'm getting somewhere here in a minute. I better get back to the rest of the account and while all Israel passed over on dry ground, the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan until all the nation finished passing over. And then last, we're going to go to... Uh, gosh, this is too much. And then he, the Lord speak to Joshua, verse 16, Command the priest who bear the Ark of the Testimony to come up from the Jordan. Remember, everybody already crossed over. And Joshua therefore commanded the priest, saying, Come up from the Jordan. And it came to pass. That when the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant or the presence of God had come up from the midst of the Jordan and the soles of the priest's feet touched the dry land. In other words, where they left the bank of where the Jordan was, that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place. And that was immediate, friends. It wasn't gradual. Immediately, the waters returned and it overflowed. You know, this was a miracle. This was an act of God. Now, let me bring this home with you or to you or to us. I used to work at the DMV and there's one thing I knew about the DMV many, many years ago. People don't like the DMV. (laughs) (laughs) I've said this before. I don't know what it is, man. We just find a way. They find a way to make life pretty terrible for everybody. They make you wait in line and you figure out you're in the wrong line. Have you ever ever happened to anybody else? besides me you can spend your whole day there I realize they have new appointment systems back then they didn't back then everybody showed up and then you know you're waiting in line for an hour and a half and you get you got had misinformation you get to oh I'm sorry you're in the wrong line go over you need to go over there and you look at the line it's wrapped around the building You may have just become a Christian yesterday. You may have just opened your Bible. You may have just woken up. You may have just come back to the Lord. You may not think yourself a theologian. But one thing I can guarantee you, in this church, in this leadership, when they are following the presence of God and they're putting forth the word of God, it is true and it is safe. And the same way that you've done it, I've I've done it, I know you have, you go in a place and there's crowds of people and you're not familiar with this place, but you see a bunch of people lining up. You're like, oh, I guess I guess this is where I'm supposed to be. So you get in that line, just like the people at the DMV. But you got to know what line you're getting in. Hallelujah. You may not understand this Holy Ghost stuff. You may not understand the joy. You may not understand this stand we take against debt. But I'm telling you, get in line. Get in line. There's the presence of God. There's the word of the Lord. There are some trusted leaders that are meditating on the word day and night, just like Joshua. And they're stepping in and they're saying, we're stepping in. And friends, we're going places. We're getting, we're getting to, to prog, we're going to make progress on things faster than you ever imagined. Crossing over deep water, just real simple. Just real simple. Why? Because the presence of God. Because you're following after the presence of God. And you're in a good company. You're in a safe place at Heart of the Bay. I love my pastors. They they are... They are ones that follow after the Word and the Spirit. And they're not going to change for anybody. Our church could be ten times, a hundred times its size. If we would just tone that down just a little bit about that Holy Spirit stuff. If you just tone down that stand on the Word of God. We're not going to do it. This may end up being a two-parter. Who knows? But here we go. So we're talking about the promise of God's presence. Friends, I have a question for you. I wonder how important the presence of God is to you and to me and to the kingdom of God. How important is that? Well, I'm impressed with just let me let me share some scripture Exodus chapter eight, and I may not be able to go through all these all these scriptures like up there, uh, but uh, in the transaction between Moses and Pharaoh. Friends, it was the presence of God that made a difference between the people of God, those that serve Him that are called by His name, and the people that are heathen that don't, could care less about God. Now, let me just run through some of these. Exodus chapter 8, verse 21 through 23, King James Version. God makes a difference. He says, says, or else if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies on you and your servants and your people and your houses and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground on which they stand. And in that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell that no swarms or flies shall be there in order that you may Know that I am the Lord in the midst of the land, and I will make a difference between my people and your people. Tomorrow this sign shall be. Have you ever seen a swarm of anything? Anyone? Anyone? We're talking about thousands There was these seed bugs this year came out. There must have been millions of them. I looked down at the ground. It looked like the ground is moving. I'm like, oh my goodness. I called the uh, Department of Agriculture. I was so surprised. Like, what are these things? There's thousands, tens of thousands. There's millions of them. Because really, they covered the face of the of the ground. And my neighbors, the same thing. And uh, they said, oh, they're harmless. They're not going to bite you. But they were everywhere. But I'm just thinking about this, friends. You've got to think about this. I can't take too much time, but just imagine the impact of this. Millions of flies everywhere. But just there's a line right here. And the moment you go here, no flies, flies, no flies. Everywhere flies in your house. Ew. Somebody say you in your bed, in your, in your food. Ew. 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 But you, you just walk across the county line to the land where God dwells. Somebody say no flies. No, no flies. flies. Hallelujah. Now notice this in the message version. I'll set Goshen in verse Eight twenty-two. I, in verse twenty-three, I love this. I'll set Goshen, where my people live, aside as a sanctuary. No flies in Goshen. That will show you that I am God in this land, and I'll make a sharp distinction between you, your people, and mine. I'm gonna make a sharp one. Hallelujah! I like that. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna touch this. By by the way, uh, when Moses uh, finally released the flies, you know, in eight. Uh, Exodus 8, verse 31. I want you to notice that this was not coincidental. It was not accidental. It was the presence of God on His people that made the difference. And the Lord did according to the uh, word of Moses and He removed the swarms of fly from Pharaoh and from His servants and from His people and there remained not one fly. And so all these millions and millions, tens of millions, of right? And then all of a sudden, Moses speaks the word and... And they're gone. Is, does that amaze somebody else besides me? I'm just amazed at that. They did not use RAID. They did not spray it with something weird from airplanes. It was just instant. Boom. The flies are gone. They're, listen, listen, listen. I don't think you got this. There remained not one. Is God God or what? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So there was a lot other things we could talk about. Livestock, you know, that was a horrible, horrible thing that happened. Those plagues were terrible. The livestock, all the cattle, the horses, the donkeys, the camels—they died, but not in the land of Goshen. And then you talk about hail and fire. It, it, the hail was so severe, mingled with fire, that it burned down and knocked down and broke the trees, but not in the land of Goshen. Friends, you are redeemed from the curse of the law, for Christ has redeemed you. Don't you take n- no for an answer when you're standing on the word of God for the healing in your body, for the salvation of those in your household, when you're believing God for needs to be met. You, somebody say, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. Hail and fire. Boy, this is this is really pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, and then, of course, there was darkness. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Praise God. Where am I going to go from here? All right, this is where I'm going to go. When you're following the presence of God, oftentimes, He will lead you to places that you thought in your head that's not the way it was going to be. Right. Now, I'm not making things up. Okay, I am not inventing this. This is something that over over 30, more than 30 years of ministry, and beyond that, and37 38 years of marriage and just serving the Lord since a little boy that I have seen. The same way that Naaman thought, Naaman the leper, he thought that this is what was going to happen. Well, I thought the prophet would come out. You know, he wants a healing. There's a prophet in Israel. He thought, I thought surely he to come, you know, and he's going to speak over the place and hocus pocus. He goes, no, that ain't how it happened. The servant came out and said, okay, go dip in this dirty river. Speaking about Jordan, we're still dealing with the Jordan River. (laughs) Just go dip seven times. And he got offended at that because it didn't work the way that he thought. Now, let me tell you a few things. Well, first of all, somebody put some sense into him. and He finally did do what the prophet said, and he came up clean. But let me just share some some experiences. Listen, we don't set a doctrine because of personal experience. Everybody got that? The scripture today is when you see the presence of God, get up from where you are and go after it. Even if in your head you've got problems with it. I can't tell you how many times I made, and I'll just share a number of instances, where on key things in my life, in our lives, my wife and I, where I made decisions, and I said, you know what, that's not, I don't want that, this is what I want, I I don't want that, I want this, this is what I want, this is what I want, and I hear the Lord kind of chuckling, because I feel like I was the kid at the grocery store grabbing in all the little candies, And, and you know how moms have to corral the kids all the time, they put all the gum and all the candy right there at the eye level of the kids how many of you uh, have had to fight your kids because at checkout you have to have a fight with them because they they want everything they go down the aisle I want that cereal I want this I want that you don't know what you want I'm going to suggest to you delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart I see some people smiling well let's start with this one Uh my wife said you know years and before we ever knew each other she made a decision there's one thing i know i am not one thing for sure i'm never going to i'm never going to marry a musician never ever and for sure i'm not i'm not going to marry a minister there's no way there's no way i'm going to and then there was me my story you know, after growing up in the ministry all my life, I said to myself in my head, I said, you know what? There's no way I'm going in ministry. I'm done. I'm not going to go in ministry. That's it. I'm going to go in the secular world and get my training and this and that. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to just develop this gift and go into uh, jazz and commercial music, you know, arranging and recording all these things. That's what I'm going to do. And I I had this inner vow on the inside. I'm not going into the ministry. How many of you know that was I was amazingly short sighted as I was going at the checkout stand she who 'd you marry a minister and a musician and and I went into ministry and thank God I went into ministry. But you see you don 't always know I said you don 't always know. For some turn of events, I made a decision. I needed, we needed to get an, a a new, a different car for me, and I didn't know. I thought, okay, well, one thing for sure, I don't want a car with with black interior. I do not want a car, you know, that's four wheel drive. I do not want that, you know, and uh, and I and I kept wondering, I have a certain amount of money, and how many of you have been Financial Peace University? Amen. Financial Peace University is a blessing, friends. It's, it it just helps us to manage what God has given us and propels us forward so that we could do the will of God. So I said, OK, I have a certain amount of money. And uh, so I'm going to I'm not going to do that. And Kimberly was trying to twist my arm a little bit. You know, I had to rebuke that, rebuke that, you know, just go ahead and get this. Put that what money you have and then and then we'll get a loan. It says, I don't want to get a loan. I mean, for me, I just I didn't want to do that. And, you know, it's very interesting. Uh, gosh, I'm going to tell, I, I have a few minutes to tell the story. I'm just seeking the Lord. Last week, Pastor Mark talked about, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, right? Well, I acknowledge God. I My head was messed up when it came to ministry and when it came to my wife. (laughs) My head was messed up, but my heart was talking to me when I heard the passion that she had for God. And when we put that together and the passion we had for ministry, we find ourselves following after God together. And here we are (laughs) doing things we never thought we would. Is that right? So let's go back to the car. I I was kind of looking around, looking around, and there was this one vehicle, you know, this one little Lexus that was, you know, that I had fun. It says like, wow, that's, that must be a misprint. That's got to be a misprint. That's, they're selling that way too low. That's a misprint. So I just didn't pay attention. Oh, four wheel drive. Ew, black interior. I don't want any of that four wheel drive, black interior. I told you what I want. What I want is I want a light interior and I want, you know, I want just two wheel drive. That's what I want. That's what I want. And you know, nothing seemed to be opening up for me. Nothing, nothing. So one day I, I kind of jotted this down and I, and I called on this and this is, and I call this and, and this individual is answered. He says, oh, that's that ad still up. Listen, I took that down. I have already returned. Nobody wants to buy this thing. I don't get it. Nobody wants to buy this thing. And I already returned it. He's the, he's an individual, I guess, in Livermore. I returned it to the owner because nobody wants to buy it. I goes, Are you serious? Is it still available? He goes, it's available. So I kid you not, we had a we had a staff meeting at about one o'clock or one thirty on Tuesday, and I said I called I called the guy up and and I said, Can you please give the owner my number, please? He goes, Sure, sure. And it was Tuesday morning. I finally, I thought I had lost the car. And when I tried to show her the ad, the ad had come down I already. Go, oh my God! Oh Lord! It says, am I going to miss it? Oh, Jesus, Jesus. I want you to know today, God blessed me with something. I mean, this guy detailed it so beautifully. Yes, it had black leather. Yes, it was four-wheel drive. Impeccable, lovely. It cost like a... maybe a third or a fourth of what other people would have to pay for. I says, like, wow, I ran up there with her and I, I drove it. I, I walked in the house. Beautiful mansion these people had. I says, okay, can I see it? Go, goes, sure. They gave me the keys. I drove it for about three minutes. It, sure, I just went, that's it. I came back in how many? Three to five minutes. I walk in and their kids are going like, huh, that's it? I says, that's it, I'll buy it. I'll buy it, and then rush in the car and get over here right quick to get back to church. I just want you to know God met my need. I said God met my need. Now, with money in the bank, yeah, that was pretty amazing. Uh, so, so the thought, the thought here, friends, is is that I would have fallen short if I hadn't been open-minded. You understand? Some things in our mind says no, but our heart. Is where we're looking, Amen. And you look at where is the glory? Some of you may be sitting out there. I don't know about this Holy Ghost stuff. I don't know about this worship stuff. Why are at that church? They're always Holy Ghost and Holy Ghost and you know and all that stuff. Why is Pastor Brenda preaching about that? You may not understand it up here, but friend, there's something on the inside happening here. There's something that about that that's just pulling on the inside of you. And then I'll I'll close with this. I had made up I learned how to follow the whole I follow the glory of God. I'll close with this one. I had made up my mind, okay, it's my birthday, and I'm going to get a new guitar, and uh, okay, it's got to be this way, and it's got to be that way, and I want a maple neck, and I want a Fender Strat Deluxe, and this and that, and and this is exactly how it's got to be, and out of nowhere, the Lord opened my eyes, and he says, look at this, and I started looking a little more closely, uh, you know, you can go to stores, and you can't find it, because they're just new off off the shelf and stuff. People, I think, I, I think they're having a hard time keeping them stocked. So I thought, okay, let me go look at this. And and I saw one up there and it it was the wrong color. It wasn't the color I thought. Does this sound familiar? It had the wrong fretboard. Maybe this is boring somebody, but I'm getting to a point. I want you to know something. Hallelujah. Barry, come up and help me with this. I want you to know something. That day... I didn't buy... this. people, these are probably with cases and all these. These are like $1,000 guitars by the time you put the packages together, friends. These instruments are deluxe. That's a deluxe Nashville. This is a deluxe uh, Fender Strat. Amazing with noiseless pickups. I don't want to bore you folks, but I do want you to know something. I followed the glory. <laughs> when you follow the glory... Then I took my nephew with me and I said, I'm going to buy you one, son. Come on with me. And we went together all through. And for some reason, this guy had two of these telly deluxes and, and Joshua just loved it. I said, hallelujah. God is good to me. I wonder if God loves you any less than he loves somebody else. You see, I almost missed it, didn't I, honey? I almost missed it. But aren't you glad you don't have to miss it? Follow the glory of God. Follow after the presence. And let me just make some closing remarks about the presence of God. Many of you are new to this. This is kind of different to you. But there is a protocol to worshiping God. You have a sense of reverence in his presence. You don't just go in. This is not like going to the ball game. Prepare your heart for God. Expect God to talk to you. Expect Him to lead you. Expect Him to fill you. Expect Him to visit you. Because we are in a day of visitation. I'm telling you, something's different since a couple of months back until now. Something's stronger. And miracles are in the air. And all you got to do is come into this place... Or go into your place of worship and put a praise on it. You know what I'm talking about. You just put a praise on whatever he's put in your heart. Lift up holy hands unto the Lord. Listen, don't be, don't be as a foolish person trampling his court. Step into his place with a spirit of reverence and awe. You'll see that God will move mightily among us that way. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your people. Lord, I am I, in awe of your presence. You're anointing upon us, not just one person, not just the minister, but you're anointing on your people. Lord, you're anointing. And, and I just pray that because you said you would make a people ready for you, I declare that they're ready for you. That their hearts are hungering after you. That they're preparing themselves. They're setting aside things that distract. And they're setting their sights on higher ground. We worship you today, God. And we thank you that for those that honor God, that, Lord, you lift them up. You lift them up and you honor them. You bring them, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you make a difference Between this people. Thank you for those. That are hurting in their bodies. That healing springs forth speedily. We thank you Lord. That those that are struggling with debt. That you cause the debt to be eradicated. For hearts that are broken. Healing is speeding up speedily. Because you comfort the brokenhearted And you're making the crooked places. Straight. In Jesus name. We worship you. We thank you for it in Jesus name.